Hi guys, welcome back to Infinite Possibilities, the podcast where we explore the lives of amazing people, their choices, challenges and opportunities. And today I have a very special guest, Kim Lee. Hey guys. Thank you so much for being here, Kim. Yep, thanks for having me. Uh, it's pretty impromptu, but... Um... Yeah, we decided this um, 1.5 hours before this actual recording session, so... Thank you for being down. <laughs> yeah, all good, all good. Um, seems like an interesting podcast, so uh, yeah, um, honored to to join. I see a lot of pretty big influential people <laughs> on this podcast. So, and yeah. Kim soon to be influential, right? <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> we'll see about that. Yeah. yeah, cool. Sounds good. So, Kim, what do you do? What's your job? Uh, so right now I am with KPMG, working in the tech advisory space as a consultant and um, I've been here for a year and a bit now, um, so I was doing it this while I was still studying my double degree, double degree in business and IT um, and right now in my actual final week uh, transitioning to a different company, different um, um, so a lot of changes happening at the moment. Yeah, oh that's cool. A mm. very interesting transition kind of period. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe a bit of a tiring one as well. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say tiring. I think um, I'm keen for it, but just a lot happening all at once. Uh, yeah. But uh, just approaching it with an open mind and just willingness to learn and fail because, yeah, um, if things go well, perfect. If things doesn't go well, uh, it's just a learning opportunity. Yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah. yeah, that's a beautiful mindset. Mm. So we really want to go right from the beginning and see what kind of child you're like growing up. So yeah, what was childhood like for you, Kim? Uh, it's a loaded question. So uh, I grew up in China, um, and I think uh, I think from childhood my family wasn't the most well off. We were decent in China, but I think uh, we came a kick. Our family came to Australia when I was eight, so we were technically immigrants. Yeah. So, um, and then um, being from an immigrant family, there was a lot of struggles, uh, um, especially financially, I think. Um, but as a child, I always liked to be very active, or I think I wasn't very gifted academically, but I, I did try, but I, I think. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. And what kind of sports did you like? Uh, I did a lot, uh, especially during primary school. I did uh, track. I did nice. um, track and field. Played basketball. Um, played a lot of basketball, soccer, cricket, touch. Um, just whatever's under the sun, and uh, I just I just like being active. Um, I think that's what I was always into. Uh, it helps that I was tall and yeah, yeah. for sure basketball go yeah. kid dunk <laughs> yeah not 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 that great anymore but uh yeah. so I don't couldn't couldn't dunk yeah <laughs> didn't have the hops but yeah 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 okay fair enough and tell me more about academics so you said you weren't that academically gifted so but as the classic Asian were you good at maths I, w- I would say I was decent I think because my brother kind of beat me in, in just, just to learn all the like the um the algebra and stuff like that early on. So, um, but there was uh, there was an expectation just, just because my brother set the benchmark quite high. He was kind of the model student. He had like scholarships to um, oh the uni and he just like first class honors. 
and yeah, I think he really set that bar high. And but I think my parents was just so busy, so I just kind of was able to get away with uh, a lot of things. So yeah, sounds good. So um, so just you and your brother. Do you have any other siblings? Uh. Yes, um, so my dad remarried, um, so I actually got two younger siblings, uh, one is seven, his name is Lee, and I got a little sister as well, who's, uh, she's two. Oh really? Yeah, so quite yeah, young. Yeah, quite so, young, yeah. age gap. Yeah, okay, cool. And so was there a lot of um, pressure, like seeing your brother, you know, be, like, be that model student? Was it sort of like living in the shadow? Mm, I think. It's hard to say. Um, maybe a bit, but uh, I think over the years, uh, you tend to start have a long, longer-term view of the world, um, yeah. just because he kind of paved the way for a lot of things. So my brother is actually nine years older than me. Yeah, oh, that's actually quite big. That's quite a big difference, and um, and he has always been um, kind of like more more involved in my life um, just a lot of academics and stuff like that and I think he's kind of shaped into who I am because I was able to think like because he got into my engineering yeah. and my first year of uni I actually went to engineering because I was decent at maths I was pretty decent yeah. at physics so I was like that's the natural way and I didn't give it much thought as well um, and then when I studied engineering for one year and I looked at him and his friend I was like is that what I want to do for the rest of my life? And yeah. um, he transitioned out as well. My, my brother, um, he worked as a mine engineer, fly, fly out, and he went into it during the boom. And when the industry went downhill, um, he got a redundancy, redundancy package. So from there, he kind of had to repivot his career, um, reevaluate what, what does he want to do? Yeah. Um, and from there, he would start discovering like what his interest was, uh, which was more towards coffee and connection and stuff like that. Yeah. So completely different. Completely different. So uh, and then he pursued his own business. So um, he opened, he started opening his own cafe, and uh, on the side, he was doing a lot of those um, workshops just to connect a lot of like-minded people. And I, I was I was um, in the forefront of those, so I was very involved in the uh, in the business and at those other stages, creation, managing, and just coming up with ideas how to grow it. And I was also attending those workshops, and these workshops, I was still quite young, so early stages, early uh, first year of uni, stuff like that. And you you get to engage with people who's maybe mid stage of their career or. Um, around early 30s who's probably reevaluating their life choices like their career yeah direction. midlife crisis Hello. yeah in a sense because most people typically don't think that long term they think yeah. they typically like oh, like for the next couple of years or probably next year most people don't even know what they want for like um for, for dinner next day so yeah. <laughs> so they'll learn their career but i think um i think having those conversations where people in 10 years later even reevaluating is this career the right um, move for me? Is this what I want to do? And they would, a lot of people want to find something different. So maybe where the, maybe it's a side hustle, maybe it's a side business, another business, or maybe it's a, another uh, career transition. But for me, I kind of want to eliminate that um, that 
trial by error, I'd rather learn by other people's mistakes. So yeah, I'm 100% with you. Yeah, yeah, so I started evaluating my own career. I was like, okay, what is it that I want? Do I want to be an engineer? Maybe I can see myself working in a couple of years, but I don't see myself long term. I'm not, yeah. I'm not interested in it. Uh, I can do the work, but I don't want, it's not something I can go day in the day out. So I actually dropped out in uh, engineering and I was pursuing a digital marketing business. Um, oh. it, it was, I, I was in it for the wrong reasons, but it was definitely... Um, Tell me more, quick cash? <laughs> uh, it was a way, yes, uh, I would say, not quick, but it was a way for me to like build a, a kind of business. I kind of was looking for other options other than uni. Um, and I was sold by like a lot of courses and stuff like yeah. that. Um, <laughs> Young and impressionable, yeah, but. But the thing is that got, got me into business and that got me into self-development and I learned, even though it didn't gain traction, but I learned a lot about just trying to hustle, trying to, just the basics of business and how to get things running. So I do respect a lot of people who has that like entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that didn't kick off, but I learned a lot and I realized I was interested in business. So. Uh, my brother convinced me to study business while um, uh, paired up with IT just because no matter where you go, IT is always going to be around, right? Like yeah, IT and business. Like a safety net. Yeah. Like a, like a double hit combo. Mm. Businesses need IT always. Yeah, like no matter, like the more, as more time passes, like IT is more prevalent no matter where you go. Yeah. So, so that, and I went to that, so I went to QT and studied that. Yeah, and so, how did you, I was going to say, how did you enjoy your degree? Was it sort of like, everyone has like an expectations versus reality, so... Mm, I wasn't actually too focused on uni, because um, I was always working part-time. So I was managing uh, the cafe, and I was working at a, um, a jewellery store, and I was always doing stuff. So for me, uni was just like a way, I, would, I just go through like require tutorials and I just do the <laughs> one necessary. of those people yeah so I was, go to lectures yeah. go home <laughs> even not even lectures sometimes so yeah so I wasn't very proud of it. so I was not very involved in the uni right yeah but um but that's when I went to exchange and I finally became a uni student yeah. <laughs> um so yeah um yeah, that's cool. And mm. how did you decide that you wanted to like work part time throughout uni? Like I personally just, I don't know, I joined like every um, UQ extracurricular activity, but I personally didn't really work that much in that time. Mm. So very broke, but how, was it just like, mm, I want to make some cash or like, I want something to balance out the studying because I know like probably from like year one to year 12, like all we ever did was just like study. Yeah. Um, I think that comes down to my family values and where my family was. So I actually started working really young. Um, I probably started when I was in grade eight and it was a dishwasher that my brother used to work at. Yeah. So after school, I would finish, uh, finish school around three and I'll, I'll, I'll rock up to this um, old Greek family seafood place and I'll just rock up, clean up the entire store and, and I was paid like nine ten dollars an hour and I was relatable, relatable. Yeah, and I was doing that for a long time and then um, and that continued towards like yeah the whole my, my whole journey throughout high school and uni so I was always working I don't think I was ever not working part-time yeah. so because I think for me I want to be self 
I didn't want to rely on my parents because self-sufficient. Self-sufficient. I didn't want to pressure them. They all have enough like pressure and stress. So for me, I, I do what I can to to help out, which it was to kind of provide for myself wherever I can. So yeah. Yeah, wow, that's pretty cool. And that's a pretty sort of interesting like turning point to explore. Mm. So like when you were in grade eight, were you just like, you know, just following your brother's footsteps and following what he did? Or was it something like you could see that your family was struggling? Or were they like, hey, maybe, you know, you have some time after 3 p.m. Maybe yeah. you could. How, how did that sort of like happen? Like, oh, I'm not sure. It was think... also a long time ago. So. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think it's more so um, everyone in the family just just work like hustle. Like my brother was doing the same uh, when he was in uh, younger as well. He did what he can to to help the family, and yeah. I felt it was it was something I needed to do as well. Cause yeah, I think um, that was something that yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like ingrained in your family. Mm. You, know, you just sort of like follow your brother in many respects. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, it just felt normal, just because the, um, the values of everyone around me are just, oh. Yeah. yeah, so tell me, what did you do with that $9 per hour? Was oh, it all I have no idea. Like, <laughs> I have no idea. One, like, I buy a bit of food and it's gone, and I was like, oh, god damn it. But I paid for, <laughs> I paid for a go-kart, so I know. Oh, so, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know where the money went. Because, <laughs> that $9... Yeah. No, no, it's gone. Never can come back. Yeah, it was all quantity food. I swear to God, amount of food, the money I spent on food, it was yeah. Wow, this is a good life. Yeah, and I imagine your peers were very different to you, right? They didn't, they didn't pick up many part-time jobs when they were that young. Uh no, I don't think many people. There was a couple um, people um, that did, but not many, especially um, yeah, in my high school because the high school I went to was quite academic. So, um, QA, hello. No, uh, I was struggling there. Like yeah. I was bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 uh, to be I understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think many people were because um, QA was quite strenuous. Um, it it did burn you out. Yeah, I would say um, just because I do tend to um, have poor time management back then. <laughs> so it was just. It was just a struggle as well with the workload and the pressure and all that. So it was it was a good experience, but I wouldn't say like um, at the time. Again. <laughs> yeah, I don't think at the time I was enjoying it that that um, that much. Yeah, that's cool. And do you like ever think that oh, you know if I didn't go to QA, your life would have been a bit better? Because I know some people mm. they were performing pretty well at their high school, and yeah. then when it comes grade ten or something, they take the test and they go to QA, and then mm. life like. They might have been like top of the barrel, and then when they go to QA, they're yeah. like bottom. So I'm like, you might have just been better off, you know, where you were before. Mm, I wouldn't, maybe, but I, I would say maybe not because I was I wasn't actually enjoying um, the the school I was in before was Macquarie State High. Oh, nice. no, no, nothing <laughs> prestigious. It's just a public state school. Reason I went there was my brother went there back then, um, but back then it was still a decent school. But I kind of by the time I went, it was kind of went downhill. So uh, that's when you have that nine year age gap, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you just yeah. Can't predict so, the trend of the future. But he set the pathway. He yeah. turned out all right. So my parents were like, oh, I think he'll be alright if he went there. Yeah. So, but I I didn't like. At one point, I think um, early, I did pretty well. I'd say, um, but 
Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, I didn't enjoy. It. I think that it was more more towards the people. Um, everyone was very rowdy. Everyone yeah. was just didn't want to pay attention, and no one was wanting to learn. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I just I wasn't enjoy school. That's why I was like keen to go to QA. Everyone's yeah. like very switched on. Yeah. Um, everyone's bright. Everyone. I just feel dumb. Um, yeah. There. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but it was good. That that kind of forces you to grow. That forces you to push your um, kind of limits and see what you're capable of. Even though like I struggled a lot, um, it was a good learning experience. And um, yeah, and then I mean, and a lot of people that you meet there, they they would they tend to do accomplish a lot of big things. Um, everyone's really switched on. Like, yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's a lot of pressure to be in that sort of environment. Um, but it also is kind of good because it sort of rubs off on you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think so, maybe, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And tell me more about, um, so, if you were to sort of go back in time and tell your younger self, like, some sort of advice to get through high school, mm. what would you sort of tell them? Uh, be patient. That's a good um, one. Be patient. How would you sort of manage your time better? Oh, yeah, maybe... Because you like just work a lot and like, how does... No, I, I was also like, um, playing play a lot of games, <laughs> so I don't, I don't think uh, uh, working was the biggest factor. <laughs> um, nice. But, uh, I'm not sure, uh, I'm actually not sure. Um, maybe build a, like, a, appreciate those around you a bit more um, especially friends and um, and people as such because uh, back then um, and still are like, I have a lot of good people around me but I don't think I fully appreciated them at, at that point in time as much as I should have so yeah but I don't know you were very stressed at that time so I feel like yeah, you, that, you, you're yeah. like drowning, man. Like how, like you know, you're like, wow, you know, the scenery looks good, but I gotta get myself out of this <laughs> ditch. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It was, it was, it was an interesting time, but yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, so you know, QA not so good. You wanted mm. to get out of there. You graduated, and then so what was your? How did you feel, sort of like feel about uni? Were you like excited to go more studying or? Mm. Yeah, uni uni was an interesting journey for me as well, just because I did one year of engineering, kind of dropped out, took six months to like the year before I started my double degree, and then it's supposed to take took four years for double degree, but then COVID, I went to exchange and the COVID hit, and that kind of delayed that process, so it took another half a year. So it was it was definitely like a journey. Um, but uni was definitely a bit more interesting because I was studying things I was probably a bit more interested in. But there was a lot of filler units that was like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, do we really learn? I'm not really paying this money to, to be doing this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially when you appreciate the value of money so much and then you see your school fees. And oh, nice. yeah, I, I haven't looked at my hex, so um, <laughs> I'm trying to ignore that right now. So um, it is, it's good that we have a good system here, but it doesn't help. Like, I don't want to look at that number. Right yeah. Now, so. yeah. 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 Fair enough. Mm. Do you have any advice for um for people going to uni? Any chance? It's like very sort of different environments. Did you have a preference? Were you like oh, uni uni life was better than high school life or? 
Mm, I would say make the most of uni. Um, uh, I for sure didn't, and um, but just 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 meet people. I think that that's a, a uni is a really good opportunity for you to learn who you are and what what you like and explore your interests and um, and yeah. I think I think that's a really because I think uni. It's not more about what you learn. It's like the people you tend to like network with and yeah, um, and find, I guess, like-minded people. If you if there's interest or like area that you want to like pursue, I think uni is a good little hub to build that. I think uh, I definitely didn't capitalize on it, but um, but also like QT didn't have that sort of environment, uni like environment, because I do notice that UQ had a bit more uni. Oh. So, okay, I but that. but I, I didn't like UQ, you know. So, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. you're lost, kid. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm not too sure. Like, I, I'll be the worst person to ask for uni advice, to be honest. Because yeah. I, I was so glad when I was uni was done. I was like, yeah. And actually, worked feel like felt easy just because like I was balanced between work and then coming home to do tutorials and assignments. Yeah. I was like, nah, this is not it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. Damn, and you said, um, when you say like you didn't really capitalize on uni, so I guess like one is like you worked a lot, so would you have like, in retrospect, mm. worked a bit less and then so you can have a bit more energy and time to rest and enjoy uni? Or would you have still worked that much? I think uh, that work wasn't out by choice as well sometimes because my brother opened another cafe and yeah. I was, I think a lot of times I was, I guess, full, I wouldn't say like, I just have to like help out. Like, yeah, and it's family so. It's family. Um, the biggest, the hardest thing with any business, I would say, uh, especially small businesses, even now, like, um, is is finding finding good staff and oh, managing so people. I, I think um, that that's the biggest thing. No matter what you do, so is a huge struggle. And I learned that working at the cafe, just because um, we tend to um, do a lot of. Um, like hires for all rounders and such, yeah. and I'll like after like after hire people, after um coach people, after train people, after make sure it would delegate, and and it's hard finding right people who's willing to put the same amount of energy that you have because yeah. they're not in it as much, and for them, some people just want to go there, collect the um, pay, and off you go. Where some people want will want to put that extra effort, even if it's it's probably not. Expensive. But they, they still want to just because um, they want to, um, and just being able to like differentiate and find those people, uh, I think, is a, is a skill set. That's why, yeah. But also creating an environment where that those people want to come to work. I think yeah. I think that that's another thing. So um, something that I'm gonna take away to like uh, once I do become like in more senior positions is being conscious of how to actually create that culture where people. Yeah want to come to work, people feel hurt, people feel um, they can be themselves and then bring the best self to work because yeah. I truly believe that if, if, you're, if you create that environment, people tend to thrive and um, tend to stay longer. Yeah, yeah. and it's like a win-win for everyone. Yeah, that, that's what you're trying to do because um, if you try to tend to ignore the problem or not, not confront it, it will fester and it will continue to build and people either drag the, the 
performance yeah. um, comes down or uh, people just don't show up or just uh, find something else. So. Yeah, that's so true. That energy is like sort of like a compounding factor, right? If you have yeah. that energy, just it just goes like worse and worse and worse. But if it's if it's good, it, mm. it just multiplies it at does. like an yeah. exponential rate or something. Yeah, and and it feeds into other areas of um, the team as well. So um, yeah, I think it is it's interesting. Um, after working in an in industry and after working in so many different jobs over the years. So, yeah. yeah, that's mm. cool. And so if you want to interview someone for the cafe that you're working at, so what, like, how would you be able to sort of tell? Is it sort of like their personality or? Oh, I would say it's more how they carry themselves. Mm. Yeah, I think it's more by their body language and how they interact with you. Um, but I still haven't got a down pat. Like, yeah. Um, the intangibles are always so hard to articulate. Yeah, um, definitely is because maybe this person is a really good barista, but yeah. the thing is, this person doesn't have the willingness to help out, yeah. um, be willing Not to a learn. Team player, yeah, bad and, attitude. Yeah, bad attitude, um, and just just little things here and there like tend to show like okay. This, this person's not really in it. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's like they have all the qualifications, but if they don't have that cultural fit, then mm. like it's just everything's... Yeah, fun. that's why a lot of places, um, when they do hire, they hire based on cultural fit and yeah. like your soft skills or like the values, because they, or hopefully they, they do realize that um, they can teach someone the hard, like the technicals, but yeah. they can't teach someone yeah, the, the skills. Yeah, the soft skills. Because I think that, that will make break a team. Or, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Mm. Also, want to talk more about the early stages of, like, you know, running a cafe. Because I know a lot of people and a lot of friends are like, oh, damn, you know, if I won the lottery, I might want to, like, you know, open my own small business, <laughs> have a little cafe. And they have, like, a very romantic view. So, mm. give them the lowdown. What were the early days like? Like, Oh, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> um, the cafe business is, is not something I would ever want to do. It was it was my brother's um, uh, interest, and I always just happened to help out with it. But uh, expectation—it's one of those like expectation versus reality. You expect like, oh, it's all sunshine and roses. Yeah, you just yeah, like yeah. make coffee, say hi to your customers, yeah. <laughs> and, and stuff like that. But in reality, it's long hours. It's stressful. Um, it's uncertain. Um, you you gotta be you gotta be pretty much know how to do everything. You, you pretty much need to know how to do your uh, manage supplies, customers, sales, barista, technical, um, hiring, HR, marketing, yeah. um, your own tax, management, supplies, logistics. Damn. It's like all these skills all combined and. And it, and the thing is with a business, once you it, there's no like normal nine to five, and you clock off yeah. in the morning. You have to go in early to prep, and especially cafes, they, you start early, and then yeah. once you finish, you typically finish a lot later than the closing time because it is a small firm business. And after that, you still need to go through like buy whatever groceries or like um, uh, I guess produces that you still need to grab the next day as well. So. <laughs> So you typically spend like 12, 14 hour days easily um, if, you, if you add it all up for, so, and you have to do it, if you don't have staff sometimes you have to 
you have to cop it. So, yeah. so if you're open seven days a week and you have no staff for those seven days, you're working seven days. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's a reality. I think it makes it easier because my brother have us as family. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's, it's hard and small business, yeah, it is a tough industry. And that's why for me, I know I don't want to get into it. Yeah. Um, for me, I, yeah, yeah. Unless someone's passionate about it, like passion dies. Yeah, I was kind of curious yeah. to know, like, um, I don't know. I guess you're probably a coffee lover, like your brother. No, not really. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm good at making coffee. Um, <laughs> I got into it because of my brother, but I don't think uh, I would like spend a lot of my own money to buy coffee. Yeah, yeah. and also like, yeah, like coffee outside is like pretty inconsistent. So yeah, yeah. Too much money to to spend a coffee every day, so that's why I'm happy with the lemon iced coffee. Uh, but not hot chocolate, cough cough. Uh. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's too strong in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and kind of curious about what was your brother's take? You know, like he had this romantic maybe idea about coffee, and like is he still as much into coffee as he was at the beginning? Because mm. when you sort of monetize <clears> what you love. And then when you have add all those pressures out, you know, staffing problems, mm. it yeah, it sort of like kind of can ruin your passion. Yeah. So I think my brother right now is in a transitional period as well. So um, there was a lot of complications along the way, and right now he's actually phasing out of running a cafe business because I think um, it's hard. Um, he's in a stage of life where he's trying to start a family and stuff like that yeah. and running a small business it is tough like you're not you're not even like for, for us in a professional service setting you can work remotely and then still like have time for your family stuff and stuff like that but yeah. when you work in a small business you don't it's harder to create those opportunities to like pick up your kids or like make breakfast for them because you uh, unless unless you can create a good system where a manager runs it all but there's always yeah, uh, room exactly. for error yeah so he, he's right now in a another transitional period he's still figuring out where he wants to get into and um, and now he kind of sees like data analytics as something he's kind of interesting something he's potentially good in because he has that strong analytical like maths engineering background so cool yeah but that's pretty amazing because I think a lot of people they sort of like live many lives in one they have like mm. you know they do XYZ for like 10 years and then they do something else for like another 10 years or five yeah. years completely like different identity and like sometimes completely like flip the switch like mm. 360 different so yeah that's cool and so tell me about like you know you've sort of like managed that small cafe worked in a jewelry store any other jobs you want to talk about before we talk about kpmg tech advisory <laughs> they're all famous one uh i did door door sales uh, well, oh how's that i'm interested in that oh uh that's good. rough man it was it was um a little bit about me like i was very introverted as a kid um oh. i couldn't for like me, I couldn't talk to strangers. Like I get so nervous. Um, and here you are doing a podcast. Oh, things change. Oh, I, I actually like uh, um, these kind of interactions. Um, it, it was more so that door door sales. I was, I was just looking for jobs, and when I first graduated high school, and then um, uh, and 
that's an opportunity to they did advertise it so nicely like oh the sky's the limit but it was a commission only like oh. one of sales and Ouch. and because i have no experience i was like oh i'll just take it and i was so nervous uh, on my first day because i realized you have to knock on random strangers houses to sell mm. this um car product and i was like you can you knock on strangers houses and try to sell them stuff and talk to people i was like god damn it yeah and, yeah it was during summertime as well and you have oh, to wear like these kind of outfits to walk in the heat yeah and and the thing is like in the beginning because it's commission only if you don't sell anything you don't earn anything that yeah. day yeah and because i was like like so bad at the beginning i uh for a lot of days i just i didn't get paid <laughs> just to do those long hours but um but yeah when i remember like when i first had that first sale my hand was just shaking because like oh my god yeah. <laughs> finally yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. and how, how long did it take for you to get that first sale oh like couple of days like solid like knocking like so many doors oh, like, wow like a couple of days of actually doing like a nine-to-five knock yeah it was it was it was yeah nine-to-five or even longer sometimes just yeah, yeah it, was, it was it was gruesome but um that got me outside my comfort zone i was able to talk to strangers i was able to not let rejection be personal at that point yeah. because when people close the door or people like ignore you it just because they just don't want to interact with you and it's, and because it's not because they, they you're a bad person or anything it's just because they just don't want to interact with you yeah, yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's all it is so and you're also intruding their kind of like your personal space so, yeah um so you've got to be respectful with that and but you learn a lot of good skills like you you yeah you have to be resilient you have to you know it's a numbers game you have to yeah, keep pushing it out and it. you need to know how to sell otherwise you're not making it and i was like because because there's some of the people in, in that team who was really good at it. they were like making good money they were a couple of grand a day just just ooh, making yeah i was like ooh, oh my ooh. god these these people are we doing the same job yeah i was like god damn but they, they're just really good at it and because they really hurt me that skill and but I, I can't do what they do so i only survived for a couple months and then that's how I got into the jewelry uh, business because I was able to carry that skill set, yeah. personal enthusiasm, and then carry it into that jewelry place. And um, and that manager really liked me from the get go. And then uh, and then she gave me the opportunity. I, at first, I didn't. I was not going to hand in that my resume to 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 that jewelry store because I walked past like ah, I think I picked it myself working there, and I was like ah, screw it. What, what, yeah. what's the chances? <laughs> and then yeah, she hired me, and I was working there for. A couple of years and then. Oh, that's quite yeah. a long time. A couple of years, like yeah. through a good portion of uni. Yeah, yeah, good portion because it's right across my uh, from my house and oh, um, it's really convenient and um, I, I like the fact it was under air, in the aircon. So, yeah, and AC. you don't have to be in the sun, so and you don't have to sweat. So yeah. that was that, that was that was a bonus for me. So. Yeah, <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, and it's like. In, completely different vibe because the customers come to you rather yeah. than you go to them so you're not necessarily like intruding their personal yeah it was it was so much easier just like, yeah. to, to just engage people and people are just like oh it's okay you're like, I'm like okay cool i'm just gonna do my own thing if you need any help just like yeah that's so, so nice instead of like having to like pestering people yeah like, <laughs> oh, i've got this do you want to buy it yeah. <laughs> so, so good well, the audience is also dying to hear what your sales pitch is. So if we were to read, oh like, my god, I, uh, I have no idea. Knock knock, and then I open the door and I'm like, "Sup?" 
Hello, you are. Oh, uh, <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even know. What I think I think uh, I back then I just don't have a a, a my own voice. Yeah. So I tend to be very robotic when I when I do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was not good. That's Hi, why I my don't name want is Ken. Do you want to buy a car product or not? <laughs> it, was, it was more so like I was too high pitched and enthusiastic. So like, oh. why are you so excited about it? It's yeah. like people. Oh, okay. Yeah, but some yeah. people like, and I start to learn. You just have to be like a bit more approachable. Like, yeah. ask them like, Hey, how's your day going? Like, yeah. and they just try to like be more hands on. Like, okay, I'm just in the neighborhood. Just, yeah, just like uh, be more human. Yeah, right? just be more human, and then like, and then actually, you start asking these questions like, okay, like do 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 you tend to um have a lot of issues with your car or something? Like that? Um, and then, Woohoo! It's coming out. Yeah. So and then like I just happen to have this like really awesome product like um it's like one year package service service yeah. package for a really good price Ooh. like and and yeah I and most people are like oh I just don't have cash or this thing but yeah. Uh, it was not hard for me, but I learned a lot from that. So that that that's all I could take a say, say about it. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. And then tell me how long you worked at the jewelry store. Uh, for a long time, because I was balancing that between uh, the cafe. So. Oh um, wow! So you did two jobs and uni. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. So, um, probably for a good while. Uh, before definitely, I went. On exchange, so did it for a bit, and then the the man just um, she was really patient with me because I was being transparent with her yeah. about like my commitments for uni and stuff. So it's like she she was I was only working one or two days there anyway. So yeah, yeah, so it was pretty easy. Yeah, wow, nice. And mm. then tell me about exchange, Copenhagen. Let's go. Yeah. So why Copenhagen? I was trying to find the furthest place um, <laughs> from Australia because <laughs> I haven't I haven't done an international trip since I was seven and I was back to China. So, um, uh, I'm grade seven, so yeah. Um, and because I was growing up, I never had many opportunities to travel as much, and I wanted to visit somewhere I wasn't very familiar with. So US, you kind of get a sense of idea through media. Yeah. Asia, I'm quite familiar just because um, like I had that background from being from China and the that community. So Europe was the the next best option where it will be definitely outside my comfort zone. I have no idea what to expect. So and I was I was exploring whatever uni um, that was available um, surrounding Europe. So I was looking at um, universities at UK. Mm. Um, uh, Germany, even Italy, and then it just happens that um, my units, because you have to get your units approved, yeah. so the units approved, so um, uh, Copenhagen, that uni, particular uni, just happens to align, and it seems like a great city, and it's, it's, it, was, it was the furthest thing away from, uh, yeah. from Australia, <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's do it, and and. Because it's like in Europe, it's really a good opportunity to just uh, now flight. You'll be a whole different country, whole yeah. different culture, whole different language. So that really appealed to me. That's why um, I was I, I jumped over there, and yeah, I heard a lot of good stories about Copenhagen or Denmark in general. So, mm, so I made that leap. Yeah, good. yeah. And did it change you as a person? What kind of stuff did you learn? What kind of stuff did you see for someone who's like never been to Copenhagen? How 
about that experience? It was good. I think um, for the first time I kind of lived. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah. So, because um, I was always working, I was always like, yeah. like busy and then uh, moving to or uh, living or uh, studying at Copenhagen, it was an opportunity for me to not have any other responsibilities. I was just, just study, meet friends, just um, just travel. Um, yeah. So, in the beginning, I was able to meet a lot of cool people there, explore. Uh, I really like riding a bike there as well, and everything was so uh, picturesque. And I was able to like fly, like travel to Norway, see snow for the first time. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like making up for all those lack of Yeah, experience. it did. <laughs> and went to Germany uh, for a bit, and then uh, and I think that was it. And then suddenly, boom. COVID happened and then lockdown and then most people from exchange, majority of them, of them left yeah. but I was like, I worked way down to two damn half for this, yeah. I saved off yeah. uh, for it unless someone's dragging me out, I'm yeah. staying here yeah. so yeah. I stayed put and then um, and a couple of uh, friends that um, I knew stayed there as well so we still had a great time we still kind of did um, this stuff uh, like party or like hang out and chill yeah. or like little bike rides in there so yeah, yeah. I still, still had a great time even though um, things everything was just closed yeah 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 damn and were you a little bit scared at the time you know being in a foreign place and like there's like crazy stuff happening in the world like mm. was there that fear element but I know you definitely had friends with you so that mm. makes the experience so much more better yeah I think um I wasn't. I wasn't afraid. I was. I wasn't nervous. Uh, I wasn't sure why, but I was, yeah. Maybe, just haven't lived before. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I was already like just dead inside. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, no. I think. Um, uh, I think because I I saved up quite a bit for for the trip, so I think financially knowing that I I have myself I could cover myself that gave me a lot of security. Uh, yeah. I wasn't relying on my parents, so. Um, so whatever I did, it was it was up to my own choice, and I really liked that. Yeah. Um, so and then I knew that if anything happens, I'll be okay. And then and it's good that I have a family. If, if everything like really goes back up to a backup. Back up to backup. So um, no, I I knew like you just just have to be patient. Just like everything happens, just 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 adapt and just figure it out as you go. So. No, I was, I was actually pretty calm. I was like, I was just like panicking, and then I was like, yeah, yeah. I was, I remember like the night the lockdown happened. I was actually at uni doing my assignment because I was procrastinating. And then <laughs> I was at the uni at two a.m. and apparently oh, the whole town, the whole city was in lockdown. I didn't realize, and then yeah. and the uni was supposed to be twenty four hours, and then all the students left, and I was the only one. And I was like, oh, where's everyone go? Yeah. And I realized they 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 locked the entire library, so I was actually locked inside the uni library. <gasps> at 3 a.m. and then I was like holy crap I'm actually because you can't actually even exit from it because they they, they actually um yeah and so I was just like just waiting around and the security just uh, guy just happens to walk past like what the heck are you doing still in the yeah. I was like I don't know I was like can you please hold the door and he opened it I was like I, was like, I, uh, I left and like I realized that everyone's just like panicking yeah, and, yeah. That's so crazy. It was yeah. kind of like you in your own world doing your assignment. Like I wasn't even doing like, my assignment. I was, I was like, like, 
so. Still procrastinating. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Also, really fun experiences. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely was. Um, even though it was a really expensive trip, like yeah. uh, I, w- still I would worth it. still worth it. I would say, especially for someone like me who was very frugal in a yeah, sense. Yeah, <laughs> I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> so for for me to to justify that, because I know like uh, experiences like these kind of experiences come once in a lifetime. Yeah. And for money, there's always the opportunity to earn it back. Yeah. As long as I'm smart with it, it shouldn't be a worry. So that's why I want to make sure. It, to travel while I'm young as well, but also able to set myself up financially for the future. So yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good mm. balancing almost the short term and the long term. Yeah. Measure with the long term savings. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's hard to fine tune it because sometimes I'm I'm too I'm too frugal in a sense. Uh, my partner Nat she says like I'm too frugal, too cheap to even do basic stuff. So. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think I'm pretty frugal, but it's like, um, if I want something and I really want it, I'll pay any price. But then, like, if I'm like, eh, like, you know, it's meh, it's okay, I'm not paying for it. Yeah, so I'll drag it out that purchase as long as possible. Yeah, so yeah. My car was, is breaking down right now, yeah. and I was like, oh, it still runs. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. Mm. Tell me about um, KPMG Tech Advisory. What is, what is Tech Advisory in your opinion? Uh, tech advisory, I think it's definitely very broad. Even the name itself, tech advisory, yeah, like it tech is. Of, um, technology spans from so many different service lines. Um, but I would say tech advisory is more about the high level um, management of different business, and yeah, it's really hard to distill down to what it is because there's two different too many is a broad service line. So you yeah. have like IT strategy, you have corporate model, you have enterprise architecture, you have IT deals and all these like are different different disciplines that require a long time to master. Yeah. And um, for me I have a general uh, personal interest in IT strategy. I, I really do enjoy working strategy. Um, but the thing is the problem um, with, with that is because I don't have any experience working in industry or working with technology. Yeah. So for for a junior like myself to go in and like start working with advisory clients, because you, you get it, you get exposed to very senior executives at different um, companies or organizations you work with. So um, the previous job we was with a city council, and you you tend to engage with like the group managers, the CIOs, and um, normally you don't really get exposure to. So. Um, but the thing is, I felt like a bit of an imposter. Like, um, yeah, for sure. When well, you're talking to the CIO and you just graduated uni, like, hey, let me tell you how to run the business. Well, I wasn't um, uh, directly, directly uh, but it was more so facilitating the workshops. But the thing is, I like it because in day, like, you're just trying to gather information from uh, the different stakeholders. What is yeah. it that you want? And we will analyze that information to still yeah. back to you. So I like that piece of work, and that's why I, I, I want to do BA work back then. Um, yeah, you like the analysis component, yeah? I like the, yeah. Kind of like your brother, no? <laughs> not, not the, the nitty gritty, I like the big picture macro analysis, yeah. where things are heading, and um, that's why I do enjoy like, the organizational perspective, how like, things fit in, how it yeah. changes, and that's how I approach in my, kind of like, in my investing as well, 
I tend to look at a macro perspective because some people when they when they invest they look at the the technical like the yeah, finance numbers like yeah. the, the the cash flows and I was like oh. yeah. I'm just like I was just looking at what the trends I had heading towards yeah. and so yeah I'm definitely uh, a macro kind of guy so. Yeah, sounds mm. good. And tell me more about that new role you're transitioning to, and what you're excited about. Uh, so the new role is with the cloud um, enterprise team, um, and this is an opportunity for me to develop a skill sets in a for a very in demand um, skill at the moment. Because cloud, so hot right now. <laughs> yeah, um, it just makes sense to move a lot, a lot of your um, systems or. Even some of it to cloud. It, most of it, most of the time, when you're using a lot of application, most of it is on the cloud. You just yeah. didn't realize it, and it's very seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it doesn't make sense to have some places to run on-premise systems, have their own service, and to manage it themselves. It just costs more money. Just yeah, just a lot of hassles. And I, I do recognize it. even even like a government. Um, uh, organization they're transitioning a lot of their services to cloud and when you recognize even government will takes a long um, duration to uh, make changes are transitioning you can't recognize like okay even government's doing how how yeah. many more like um, businesses are going to do the same and the thing is even though you move to cloud it's not simply like a lift and shift there's a lot yeah. of governance involved there's a lot of like maintenance risk management um, because once you put your data to, let's say, public cloud, like Amazon, um, Microsoft, Azure, um, all these platforms, yes, they manage the back end, but you still have to manage your own data and how you um, govern that. So there's a lot of work involved and there's a lot of opportunities in this space and I want to develop that capability so I can eventually be known, hopefully be very proficient at it, yeah. or, or so-called expert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because with TA, there are so many different service lines, and uh, it's pretty hard um, to stand out and make your mark. Uh, yes, that, and also because like you don't know where the next job is going to come in. So, for for me, let's say I really want to do IT strategy, but then there's no job um, in that. So, but there's operating model or there's deals, but or even risk, uh, yeah. tech risk work, which <laughs> well, I spend. Welcome to tech risk. Yeah, internal uh, audit. <laughs> It's still good, um, but yeah. uh, but the thing is, you don't know where next uh, yeah. role or work is going to come from. And I was in a position where it was just a lot of uh, I just didn't know where I was going to place, and the the work I've done on previous engagement doesn't actually follow through or build upon on yeah. my next engagement. And it was kind of frustrating in a sense because I, I I knew that I want to develop my capabilities in a certain area, but it was it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't happening, and um, yeah, I just wanted to develop that technical capability as well. Because for me, it's hard for me to give advice to someone who I, when I actually haven't done the work itself. Yeah. So, and that's 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 where hopefully this kind of new role gives me an opportunity to be more strategic, but also get hands on know how things work, and so I can actually have a more full picture, a bigger picture of how these kind of organizations work and maybe eventually yeah um yeah. Get better advices i would say yeah yeah that's pretty cool 
And was there any sort of like hesitation to leave behind the KPMG big brand? Because mm. you know, like, whoa, KPMG! Oh, you're going to like a smaller, maybe like not as well known company. <laughs> Is there any of like that? Oh, you know that <laughs> not wanting to detach kind of feeling. Mm. No, I, yeah, I don't think I have stuff, that. Good stuff. Yeah, because <laughs> it was funny enough when I was uh, talking to my partner, like we were applying to these like big companies, and I was like. I don't see myself working for like a big organization. <laughs> you eventually, you just, it was too many moving parts. And I think yeah. um, if you want to be influential, like want to make change, like it's hard in these yeah. big companies. But I, I got an opportunity to, um, to be part of KPMG and I got in and I was like, okay, like, see, let's see what's about. And it was a lot better than I expected, like the culture, the people. Yeah. It was a lot, it was not like one of maybe different teams because a lot um, the, sure. the organization structure in small teams and that's why it doesn't feel when you're inside it doesn't feel like a massive organization and you're just a small part of it you're just part of like a small team within a massive organization yeah. so um, but I have no brand loyalty I would say because KPMG itself is just a, a, a brand uh, yeah. but it's all about people that you work with and for sure uh, that was hard uh, transitioning because uh, there was a lot of peers and colleagues that I do respect and there was so much to learn from yeah. um, but it was more so the type of work I want to do and uh, where I want to um, develop myself in terms of from a career perspective so um, yeah I don't think I was I was, I was very attached to the name that it didn't give me much meaning as such it was more the type of work and people I work with that, yeah. that, I, that was more focused on, on yeah yeah fair enough so we're nearly at the end of the podcast so yeah. we just got a couple more finishing up questions mm. so Kim what do you think the meaning of life is oh wow that's, that's <laughs> a really good question yeah uh, I think it's hard um, I think I think the meaning of life it just comes down to what what you find meaningful so I think it's up to everyone's interpretation of what they find fulfillment in. Because um, what I find meaningful and what someone else finds meaningful is completely different. Yeah. And I think in the grand scheme of things, maybe it's a bit pessimistic, there's no real actual meaning. Yeah. But it's just what you make of it um, yeah. that, that truly matters. So I think developing deeper connections, um, enjoying a fulfilling life, pursuing goals that, um, that lines with your interests and just be I think present as well in the day to day um, life because because when we tend to chase the goal and um, end journey and I'm, I'm guilty of it as well yeah. I'm still learning everyone is yeah that you're so uh, fixated on the pursuit of this item that you kind of neglect, ne neglect the journey to get there yeah. so by the time you get there it's like maybe it's a um, impressive like um, promotion or like impressive like title or maybe it's some bucket list like yeah. you're so fixated to get to that point you kind of forget about the journey and and typically life is the journey yeah um, like the, that 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 little end point just this small snippet of it yeah. if, you, if you don't enjoy the journey then i don't think you are living a very fulfilling life unless that that item really gives you like such so much meaning but I think it's all about balance at the end of the day. For me, it's about, about balance. I, I want to be career driven, but also I want to have time for friends and family and 
being travel and my own interests and hobbies. So I think, yeah, that's why like for me, I want to be able to set myself up financially where I don't have to focus on, on Korea as if, if I don't want to, if I want to be there for my family, that, that's an option as yeah, well. Yeah, so, freedom of choice. Yeah, freedom of choice. And when you get to decide where you want to go, you, you don't tend to regret um, any of your choices because if you get forced in a certain direction and it's outside your control, you tend to like, like yeah. yeah, you get to be very resentful, but if you chose like you chose to go to this direction, you chose to be at that job, you chose to stay there. Yeah. You got you got no one to really blame other than yourself if you don't have your uh, position. So yeah. I think it's, it's what I, I would say is what you make of it and um, living yeah. right to, to, to the fullest. To the fullest, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So, Ken, if you won the lottery tomorrow, what would you do about your life differently? Oh, uh, lottery. Um, yeah. Invest it. Wow. Sweet. And then grow it, and then um, <laughs> and then from from that use that um, earnings to travel. Um, <laughs> live off the interest, he says. <laughs> yeah, live off the interest, and then uh, and then probably. Uh, have my family out, um, have my friends out, and just enjoy life. And then see where my interest lies as well in terms of um, my own personal pursuits. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. Mm. And so, Ken, what is uh, an ideal day in the life for you? It can be like work, it can be personal. Oh, ideal day in life? Yeah, what time do you wake up? What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably wake up. Um, with my partner in uh, probably a bit later, like nine, ten, sleep in, um, and then probably drag yourself out of bed and probably just uh, go for a walk or like just eat something, a nice food, and then just something chill. Uh, maybe have a little walk, uh, workout, and then come home, watch a movie, eat more food, and just chill with friends and family. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Hope you do that on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there's gonna be a, a lot of catching up with friends uh, this coming day. So yeah, kind of yeah. for that. Sounds good. So mm. we're pretty much at the end of the podcast. Do you want to awesome. wave bye? Oh. Bye. See ya. Thanks for having me.